I'm only human after all And you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Welcome to First Formation, a spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 1 Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on her law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 25 through chapter 10 verse 5. Throughout the forty days and forty nights that I lay prostrate before the Lord, when the Lord intended to destroy you, I prayed to the Lord and said, Lord God, do not destroy the people who are your very own possession, whom you redeemed in your greatness, whom you brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Pay no attention to the stubbornness of this people, their wickedness and their sin. Otherwise, the land from which you have brought us might say, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land that he promised them, and because he hated them, he has brought them out to let them die in the wilderness. For they are people of your very own possession, whom you brought out by your great power and by your outstretched arm. At that, at that time the Lord said to me, Carve out two tablets of stone like the former ones, and come up to me on the mountain and make an ark of wood. I'll write on the tablets the words that were on the former tablets which you smashed, and you shall put them in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood, cut two tablets of stone like the former ones, and went up the mountain with the two tablets in my hand. Then he wrote on the tablets the same words as before, the Ten Commandments that the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain out of fire, out of the fire on the day of the assembly, and the Lord gave them to me. So I turned and came down from the mountain and put the tablets in the ark that I had made, and there they are, as the Lord commanded me. Titus chapter 2, verses 7 through 8 and 11 through 15. Show yourself in all respects a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, gravity, and sound speech that cannot be censured. Then any opponent will be put to shame, having nothing evil to save us. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions. And in the present age, to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave himself for us that we, he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own who are zealous for good deeds. Declare these things, exhort and reprove with all authority. 
Let no one look down on you. Good morning and welcome to the 21st Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings are from Psalm 1, uh, Deuteronomy 9 and 10, and finally Titus 2. And in the Deuteronomy um, passage, um, so uh, it isn't the most commonly known. Um, I didn't know it until I went through um, theological training, but Deuteronomy is a retelling of much of Genesis and, and Exodus and like, and it's believed that Deuteronomy wasn't actually found until several hundred years after the, the, the Bible began taking shape, the Hebrew Bible began taking shape. And it's described elsewhere in the Old Testament when King Josiah finds this book hidden away in the temple, uh, which scholars believe may have been what we now call the book of Deuteronomy. And so it's this retelling, and um, in certain areas... Uh, it's narrated in the first person, um, and which is not as common for other books of the uh, first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Um, and it lends uh, lent credence to the idea that Moses wrote the books, um, the the first five books of the Bible. Uh, for example, it said that at that time the Lord said to me, "So I made an ark of acacia wood. I turned and came down from the mountain, etc." Um, and what's important about um, this is that, or this part of the story, is that it's, um, you know, Deuteronomy is not just a retelling of a lot of this stuff, but uh, we find that uh, uh, Moses had broken the tablets before the, the reading from Deuteronomy. And then Moses lays prostrate before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. And he appeals to God saying, you know, the, we are the people who are your very own possession. It says it uh, at least twice. Um, you know, at first saying, don't destroy us. We are your own possession. And finally, um, uh, it's couched in, in the context of being brought out by God's great power and outstretched arm. So it's this appeal to a covenant partner not to, uh, you know, not to harm them, but using this, you know, this um, kind of language of camaraderie and relationship. And what happened was he, Moses came down with these carved tablets, the first set of stone tablets, the Ten Commandments, and he found Israel worshiping a, a golden calf. And the Levites went through and cut down like a third of all Israelites and a lot of bad shit happened. Um, but then Moses appeals to God with his lying prostrate for 40 days, 40 nights. And he says, um, you know, don't destroy us. Don't uh, let us go down into nothingness after you've made this covenant with us. And so God says, okay, let's do it once again. Um, and I think the Ark of Wood is is new, and this is the Ark of the Covenant. Um, and so this second time, the second chance, uh, the same words are written, and it's placed in an Ark of Wood, acacia wood. Later, what will be added to that is the rod of God that Moses used 
um, to free uh, the Israelites from Egypt, as well as a jar of unspoiled manna, the manna that uh, the the dew-like substance that fell from uh, fell from the sky and was uh, harvested every morning um, during the forty years in the wilderness. And so, it's this. The ark is also uh, a symbol, a reminder of second chances. Um, and what caught my eye is this: people who are your own possession. Um, stronger language than I'd like for my example, but it does make me think of you know commanders, good commanders uh, for the most part, who um, who understand their their men, men and women of their unit as their own people, you know, people of their own, for lack of a better word, possession. Um, that uh, possession does not, or it can imply control and quote-unquote dominion, but more, much more accurately and much more um, healthfully, it indicates a committed relationship, uh, almost like a, you know, like marital relationships or um, covenantal relationships, because the military is a covenant. Um, it's a group that has agreed collectively to lay their life down in defense of our ideals uh, in America, um, of uh, you know, resolving uh, international disputes uh, with violence if necessary. Um, and they are perhaps the only, I might regret saying this, but one of the few, if not the only, um, public service for which um, death is pretty clear, you know, job risk. Um, Maybe firefighters. I don't know. Um, well, nobody shoots at firefighters. Police officers, maybe. Anyway, um, so the, the military is a kind of covenantal community. Um, we, we all understand the stakes. We all look out for one another. We certainly have our differences and can bicker and, and, and moan. But when the shit hits the fan, um, we have one another's backs. We belong with one another and we belong to one another. Um, and that's driven home by the knowledge and the reality that we may, we are ready to die for the man or woman beside us um, in sacrifice to the ideals and the, the, the political commitments that, we, um, that we've said are of highest value in America. And those are life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, um, freedom, justice, liberty for all. Um, and so we are, we possess one another um, in the military. And I think that's a, an incredible thing because there's so few places where uh, that happens. Uh, the church is not always one of them. Sometimes uh, it is, but for the most part, uh, church can be disappointing for a lot of, especially for a lot of soldiers and veterans who are so used to these strong relationships uh, that they form in the military, these nuanced and complicated relationships where they may not like the person, but they're committed to them. And there's nothing that they wouldn't do to make sure that they're taken care of. Um, and I think that's what it means to be in relationship with God, knowing that God has our back um, and knowing that however insufficient, we also have God's back as we find in in Jesus and in the New Testament, 
um, we testify to God by our lives. That's literally what martyrdom means. It means to witness, to bear witness to, um, to be unwilling to turn our backs on God when the stakes are high. Um, when someone says to us, look, you know, just say that the sky is orange. And you say, no, I'm, I'm very sorry. The sky is blue. Even if they're holding a gun to your head, um, you don't turn your back on the truth. Um, you don't turn your back on God. And I think that's what it means to be mutually possessed uh, by one another, uh, to be so um, committed to one another's well-being um, that it, your personal well-being, or, or you recognize that death isn't the worst thing that could happen, um, but to turn your back on one another um, is, you know, that's, that's the dishonor um, that, we, uh, that we will not succumb to, I think, is to leave someone behind, to turn our back on what we've promised. Um, and in, in the military, I think that's the gravest sin as well, you know, whether we call it retreat or, or maybe um, you know, some, you know, that betrayal um, is very much written into not just military culture, but I think the traditions and the doctrine, well, maybe not the doctrine, but the, certainly the traditions and the witness of the church. A prayer for quiet confidence from the Book of Common Prayer. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your Spirit, lift us, we pray, to your presence, where we may be still and know that you are God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Have you ever asked yourself, why is Logan always posting about GI justice? What is GI justice? Well, GI justice is civil rights for soldiers and veterans. While the civil rights movement as we know it was fighting for the dignity of people of color, America's veterans were being ridiculed, harassed, and assaulted as they returned from a war that they didn't choose to a nation that didn't want them. The first federal statute protecting veterans from employment discrimination was passed in 1972. In the time since, it and other laws protecting our heroes from harassment, bias, and even hate crimes have remained largely unknown, basically unenforced, and clearly ineffective. The GI Justice Campaign empowers every citizen to advocate for federal and state legislators to strengthen and expand the civil rights laws that protect our military communities. You can enlist in the cause and learn more about defending those who defend us by going to www.gijustice.com. Once again, that's gijustice.com.